0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome
1: to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time with your hosts, Katie Marley. You know, it's a common thought that we can never balance our time and our money. We run out of money when there are still so many days on the calendar. What are some of the ideas and tools that will help us more efficiently manage these two resources? On today's program, you'll learn how being mighty is the result of transforming one's life. One insight, one choice, one action at a time. Now, here is K.D. Marley, which is K. Mar and D. Lee.
2: Welcome to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. My name is K. I am here with my co-host, Dee Lee. Together we welcome you to our show, Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. We have created a free self-assessment tool to help you figure out where you are balanced in your lives and the areas that may need some tweaking in order to be balanced.
3: We encourage you to, be, to use this tool to see where you are. This is not a test that you can get wrong answers. It's a way that you can use to see where you are now and where you may want to change. It's up to you. It's totally up to you. You can download it from our website, bmighty.com. That's B-M as in mighty, Y-T as in time, and E.com.
2: Last week we talked about connecting the mighty dots and being balanced in all parts of yourself. If you missed the show, you can still listen to it by going to the Empowerment Channel on voiceamerica.com and searching for Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. Or you can go to be-mighty.com and click on the link in the episode archives box.
3: Today, we are excited to introduce you to an expert in keeping our bodies healthy and balanced, Lynn Heinel. Lynn is the owner of Balanced Body Works and is a certified personal trainer and holistic life coach who has been empowering her clients to be the best they can physically. Lynn is also an internationally certified Vinyasa Yoga instructor. I met Lynn through a professional networking group and was impressed with how she described different ways to incorporate simple techniques into daily activities. Have you, oh, um, Lynn, have you, um, we wanted to introduce you and um, have you had a pivotal experience over the years that has heavily impacted you and made you grateful for your health and fitness expertise?
4: Well, first of all, I'd like to say hi, Kay, and hi, D, and thank you very much for inviting me to the program. Uh, am I coming through loud and clear? Definitely. Awesome. Well, yes, I did. About 13 years ago, I had a very pivotal experience in that I was on my way to client appointments and a delivery truck T-boned me. Well, at the time, at the time I remember feeling like, oh, my gosh, that felt like I was just thrown at a brick wall. And then the next thought I had was, oh, look at that. I'm not dead, and I didn't pass out, but, you know, I think my life is going to change. And then right after that, I thought, oh, it's a good thing I had strong bones and muscles. Well, (laughs) little did I know how much it was going to change. The firefighters cut me out of the car, and off I went to Harborview for two weeks, and I came out with a wheelchair and a walker and multiple casts and a spinal brace and uh, no way to do anything or (laughs) make a living or no car, nothing. And it was a really challenging year where uh, I attempted to rehab myself once the physical therapist and whatnot turned it over to me saying, you know what to do. And uh, But what I kept hearing from the doctors uh, all throughout was, you are so lucky to be alive. You're so lucky that you had strong bones and muscles and uh, that you have a level of fitness. You do because your healing is going to be that much better, but... Uh, it was quite a struggle, because after about three or four months, the, uh, the fitness the therapist turned me loose and they said, "Well, because this is a fitness lifestyle that you have, you know what to do." Then I was very clear that I had no clue how to help myself along. <laughs> oh, so no. I like, "Oh, my God. So I tried doing what I used to do, and I just hurt myself. So I had to start researching new modalities. And that's when I found out about functional training, which you see all the time now. You see the balls and the bands and the balance equipment. And Well, at that point in time, 13 years ago, it wasn't even, that stuff wasn't in the gym. Uh, it was just still the realm of physical therapists. But that's how I helped myself heal, and I also had really immaculate nutrition because one of my main injuries was a crushed and dislocated ankle, which has uh, the poorest supply of the human body, except for some small bones in your hand, and it's, it's as if I parachuted—you know—jumped out of a plane and the parachute didn't deploy, and so the bones of my calf rammed into my ankle, crushing and dislocating it. So, uh, so I thought, oh, I have to have immaculate nutrition. But if I hadn't had the knowledge that I had, and you know, my background—I've seen people that have had injuries that are far lesser than mine. That are doing much worse. So I'm, I'm just like so grateful for that. So,
2: so you've always had a fairly
4: healthy lifestyle, then? And that's the funny thing. I haven't. Oh no! (laughs) It's really quite amusing to me now, after the fact, because when I was 16 years old, uh, well, I was, you know, really a bookworm and pretty much an introvert, and my joy was to read as many books as possible. In fact, in the summer this cool thing called the bookmobile would come around. And I loved getting in that thing. It smelled of all these neat books and adventures. And I would check out 15 books and stagger up the hill to the house and, you know, try and read them until it came around next time. And my, my mother, funny English lady, Patricia, then you must go out and get some exercise. I'm like, what's that? Is that <laughs> does that mean walking? Well, so it wasn't until my life didn't change a whole lot other than the fact that when I was 31, I had my son... And after he was born, I'm like, holy smokes, I'm still carrying 22 extra pounds. What do I do now? So uh, I was like, well, I guess I should do some exercise, but what would that be? So I started an aerobics class, and this gal moved into the gym. And the first time I moved, went there, I thought, what, what is all this stuff? I'd never been in a gym in my life. I thought it was for football players. I had no clue. Well, someone led me into the weight room, and then I couldn't sit down or stand up for three or four days. And... I thought, hey, there may be something to this. And so on I went, and I went, you know, if someone had told me when I was 16 that I would go on to be a firefighter, a competitive bodybuilder, and have a health and fitness business. I would have thought they were crazy. But, I mean, it's just such a rapid departure from, you know the way I oh, was.
3: But so what are I, the benefits of working with a personal trainer, do you think, a uh, health and fitness coach, as opposed to actually taking classes or joining a gym?
4: Well, I would say it's definitely the TLC, the, the hands-on, the customized individual approach, which sets the foundation, speaking of Be Mighty, and baseline for your client's journey. And, you know, we're, I'm able to consider all aspects of a client's life and their goals Whereas when you take classes or join the gym, this level of approach is just it's just simply not possible.
2: So when you're working with somebody, some person, when they start working with you, how do you recognize that they are out of balance and caring for their body?
4: Um, well, truly the best way to do it is with comprehensive assessments, but I can often tell just by looking at someone, I can look at their eyes and see how much life is in there. Are they dull? Are they yellow? What's their complexion like? Uh, Is it sallow or dull? Do they have psoriasis or other skin ailments? Are they overweight? What's their gait like? And if I'm in a store, I make that quiet assessment and then I look at what's in their shopping cart. I'm like, oh, no wonder. (laughs) I I saw a a gal in the store the other day, and she was probably about my age, and I looked at what was on the little conveyor belt. Bless her heart. She had lots of those little styrofoam containers of the cup of noodle soup and some of that uh, instant, you know, that cheese. It's not really cheese. It's all grated and uh, packages and this and that. And to her credit, she had two tiny oranges. But I'm like, ugh. I sometimes want to take people and go, hey, let's put all that back. Let me help you find good food to help you really get healthy. But, of course, you know, people have to be awake. They have to be ready.
3: Have you ever thought of being a personal shopper?
4: (laughs) Uh, I have thought of that. (laughs) I do offer that as one of my services uh, on the website, (laughs) personal shopper for food. (laughs) Unfortunately, you you know, depending on the level of the store, if it's a PCC or a Whole Foods, you see better choices being made, sometimes not as good in places like uh, Fred Meyer and Trader Joe's. So sometimes the choices are, you know, socioeconomic.
3: So what should be actually focused on, you know, someone that if they're awake and they, they want to actually get back in balance? I mean, they've got that, uh, hopefully, the be-mighty attitude, yes, I do want them to do this. What should someone start with, and how long should they be doing something before they move into the next area?
4: Well, Dee, that is, you know, difficult to answer and highly variable. Uh, you know, if somebody is on a tight budget, uh, a low or no-cost plan would, of course, be walking, Stretching and doing some breath work. And I, if possible, I would encourage a listener to work with someone such as myself who could be a guide because I'm able to discern when a client has adapted and is ready to move on to the next stage. But I think it's, it's much more difficult for someone that's just starting.
2: So are there certain, um, what's the word I'm looking for, gateways of wellness at different ages um, say, 30, 40, 50, 60, so that as, at these particular ages, are there certain things that we need to really pay attention to? And if we pay attention to our body and taking care of our body, will we live longer and have a better quality of attention or uh, better quality of life?
4: Well, I'd like to answer the second part of that question first, Kay, and I would say yes, yes, and yes that definitely you will live longer and have a better quality of life and research keeps pointing to this interesting number of adding 15 years to your life so i'm i'm not sure how they come up with it but i'll i'll go with that so uh in the 30s i would definitely recommend that people focus on strength and flexibility to set the foundation for their future while they can and in the 40s um i would recommend with women particularly and since that's uh Part of my niche is working with women over 40 who desire excellent health and fitness. I would recommend they lose weight before they come to menopause. And I'm always so glad when someone comes to me and they say, hey, I've just put on 20 pounds, I'm not sure what's going on, I need to get rid of it. And I'm like, I'm so glad you're doing it now because it's going to be so much harder. You want to get healthy before you put on that automatic 5 to 15 pound uh, gain In the 50s, this is when people tend to appear with range of motion uh, issues from accidents or injuries or simple inactivity, and they're often overweight because they haven't paid attention. The weight just kind of snuck up, and they usually have other health issues, uh, predominantly diabetes. So that's when we work on weight loss, diet, uh, fixing those range of motion issues, promoting flexibility, and, of course, working through menopause-related things, But a little aside is after age 40, and that's why people don't quite understand how they've gotten so out of shape and how they've put on the weight, your metabolism will drop approximately 1% a year. And what that means is you're less able to build muscle, and we all need that to support our bones. You're slower to repair when you cover from exercise and it's much more easy to gain weight. So say somebody is doing, you know, somebody will come to you and say, I'm, I'm doing the same thing I've done for the last 20 or 30 years. I'm eating the same, but suddenly I've got 20 more pounds. Well, that's why, because your metabolic rate has dropped. Well, in the 60s, but the decade of 60s to 70, there are many, many health changes that people experience. So there's a big dro- gro- excuse me, drop in what's called growth hormone, uh, once you hit 60, and it's very important to have a, a wellness lifestyle in place. So we we work on strength to avoid sarcopenia, which is age-related muscle loss. So you want to keep the muscles and bones stronger. We work on flexibility so that your tendons and ligaments don't get weaker as uh, and more brittle as you age. Functional and balance work because people over 60 are often afraid of falling and with good reason, so uh, I had a, if I have time, I have a lovely client who's no longer on the planet with us, and he was probably mid to late 60s when he came to me, uh, multiple issues, uh, kidney and liver, um, what shall I say, and I've lost the word, uh, replacements, and very, very frail and weak, and so I would help him up and down, off benches, pieces of equipment. Well, he decided he wanted a little bit more them working with me so he came in on a Saturday and he as he was getting up from a piece of equipment he had a short fall two and a half feet maybe broke his hip went into the hospital developed oh, no. pneumonia and was gone within less than six months so that, that kind of thing is very common you know more common than you would think
3: what kind of physical clues are the red flags we really need to pay attention to on a daily weekly basis well,
4: a, a number of different things. I would say uh, start looking at your energy levels. Uh, have you noticed a, c- a consistent or a very large drop in a short period of time? Uh, weight gain or weight loss, a significant amount is another signpost. post. Uh, sleep, how is your sleep? Is it broken? Are you getting enough? Are you trying to get yourself in bed soon enough to, you know, get a minimum of six and a half or 7? What's your stress level like? Do you have any tools in place? Uh, How much joy is in your life? And how's your nutrition? Is it slipping? Do you have a good foundation? Uh, Then naturopaths, of course, would look at things like bowel movements and skin issues. Well, uh, to use myself for an example, about three years ago, I started having some real problems with sleep. And I was pretty aware from my background that there were a couple things I needed to keep doing. One was to exercise because all that... Not sleeping dispenses cortisol, and I was afraid I was going to put on 20, 30 pounds on my belly. And then I knew I had to keep eating five really good meals slash snacks a day to, you know, keep things in balance, to keep my blood sugar stable until I sorted it out. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things to look at. We just have to be, you know, uh, cognizant and familiar with our own, you know, pattern.
2: So what are some of the benefits of adopting a healthy lifestyle, working with our nutrition, doing strength training, cardio, all that sort of thing? What are the benefits of all that?
4: Well, one of the biggest ones is, of course, the strong bones and muscles. It sounds like uh, it's not too big a deal, but as we get older, you're setting the baseline for being able to stay healthy for another 20 or 30 years or maybe longer. So you want to avoid that sarcopenia and osteoporosis. But One of the great things that people don't even consider is our brain dispenses these wonderful chemicals called endorphins, which are really naturally occurring opiates that help you to be happy. So if you don't feel good, you're stressed out and really bummed out about things, Your brain cannot hold two conflicting emotions. You can't be sad and happy at the same time. So if you get out there and you do something as simple as going for a walk, you are going to feel much happier when you're done. And that's going to help you, you know, stave off depression and all sorts of things. So exercise will also help you lower body fat and lower the risk of all diseases across the board, especially cancers, all different types.
3: We have to go on a commercial break now. When we come back we'll be talking with Lynn more about how she works with her clients and her keys and secrets for staying healthy. Thank you Lynn. We'll be back.
1: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanki. The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanki can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
1: two decades of sexual emotional and physical abuse nearly took their toll in her 20s she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others she can help you find the key to take control of your life too listen every tuesday at 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel build your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b com. Now, back to this week's show.
3: Okay. We are, we are coming back to uh, talk with Lynn and welcome back to Balancing Your Money and Your Time, the show that will give you practical tools and suggestions for attaining balance. If you would like to connect directly to Lynn, she can be reached online at her website, BeBodyWorks.com. This information is also available on the BeMighty.com website resources link area, and that will be coming up this week. So Lynn, um, here's a question for you that um, we've been pondering too. If someone uses a, a, a personal trainer or video or has outside influence, but they don't really have the, the style of the right exercise um... when you first start working with someone um, how do you get started with a new client and he, some of it might be actually having to t- retrain them on how they have approached things in the past
4: well that's a good question and this is where i differ from probably eighty some percent of the trainers and coaches out there i always without fail do comprehensive assessments, both physical and lifestyle. It takes me hour and a quarter, hour and a half to do this. And then we talk about goal setting, and then I, you know, of course, look at the person. So then I use this information that I gather plus my education and expertise to design a comprehensive individual plan. And the unlearning just takes place as we go along, you know. I have one client that I say to her, be the turtle, be the turtle, you're the rabbit. Okay, this isn't going to help you, turtle. <laughs> turtle, <action. laughs> and now she's you know, but she wants to do everything really fast. I'm like, that's not the way it works. We have to consider phy- physics here. Time under tension. She's like, what? I said, just just be the turtle, would you? <laughs> so,
3: so, how long does it take for someone to unlearn the style that they were doing before that they thought was correct? A while.
4: <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, I'll go, go go to the thing that I was going to talk about later on, but this brings it up right now, is it has to do with that little thing that we've all heard for years, 21 days to make or break a habit. Well, okay, that might be to start something new and kind of get it imprinted, you know, barely in your brain, but new research shows that it takes really about six months to firmly imprint something, something brand new to completely change those neural pathways.
2: Wow. That's a long time. So well, somebody's but see, you're, you're chugging away, long and long.
4: you don't realize how fast. <laughs> you know, I've got some clients I've been working with for four months, and we're still, you know, they don't remember how to do things, and but they're they're coming in. They're doing it, you know. So this is different than before,
3: well, you know, and that actually makes them feel good, too. So in our Be Mighty attitude, someone showing up to doing something that they're trying to, to uh, relearn is really a good, good sign that they're, they're in, their intention is there.
4: Exactly. And I keep telling people, you know, I, I even have to, I do it myself, just keep going. Even if you don't feel that great, even if you haven't slept good, even if you're really stressed, more the better. Get in here. You know, if something is bothering you, come in. You'll be focused. You'll always feel better when you're done, and you're on your way to making it a habit. You've got, it's got to become unconscious, like brushing your teeth. You wouldn't leave the house without brushing your teeth. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah.
2: So let's say somebody's, oh, I don't know, overweight, hasn't worked out in a while, doesn't really watch their nutrition. How do they set a foundation to improve their health? Does it start with the nutrition uh, Does it start with the exercise? I mean, I know we're all supposed to be doing all these correctly, but where do you really
4: start? Well, I've found over the last 16 years, actually almost 17, that I've been running my business, the best way to start is with the exercise. So I recommend to my clients, depending on their health and fitness, either two or three days a week of resistance training, and then I figure out what their target heart rate should be, and then we start with 20 minutes of cardio, You know, we work up to four, maybe five days a week. But it's easier to start with the exercise first and get them going. And then what happens is they come in and they say, you know what, I ate this, that, and the other thing this weekend. It didn't make me feel good. I'm like, yeah, really? That's good. Tell me more about that. Or they come in and they go, I am so hungry, I don't know what's wrong. I'm like, oh, good, we're raising your metabolic rate. That's cool, we're building some muscle. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to eat now. And I'm like, well, we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> Just hold on to your britches there. So, uh, yeah, definitely the exercise first. And we, we need a well-rounded program. It's like it takes a you know a village, that kind of idea. You need the cardio. You need the resistance training the stretching or flexibility, you need the nutrition. And then I always talk to my clients about getting some kind of stress relief or spiritual work, depending, you know, whatever floats their boat. Everybody's a bit different, but we all need
3: all the components. Sure, that's the be mighty attitude. Exactly. If someone is a morning person and another person is a night person, does that play into what times of day are the most beneficial for exercise?
4: Well, you know, popular thought used to say that mornings are best because you'd raise your metabolism. And now the research, I'm always reading the new research, and it says that it ain't necessarily so. Everybody's mm. different. Try something and see what works. And you, you'll know if it works because you'll either feel more energetic or you think, oh, my God, that was so hard. I don't know what happened. I've, you know, clients that normally come in at 9 or 10 in the morning and we have to change their time to 4 in the afternoon, they can hardly do it. They're like, what happened? I'm like, well, your body seems to like that nine or ten o'clock time frame. It doesn't like four o'clock. So, you know. So that's
2: something that every person would need to find out for themselves, really, exactly. by experimenting.
4: Yeah, and it's just you know, if you're in tune, if you're conscious and aware of how you feel, um, you, you figure that out over time. It's just trial and error, like so many things. So,
2: okay. So we know we're supposed to be exercising. (laughs) (laughs) How do we turn that into a habit?
4: Um, Ah, that I have the three keys that I like to recommend is I tell people, if this is tough for you, if you don't like exercise, and a lot of people really don't, I say, grab a friend. Do it with a friend or two people. That's why small group training is popular, because it's the accountability and the support that keeps people coming keeps them going, and keeps them on track long enough for it to become a habit. And then the next most important thing, and I do this myself, schedule whatever exercise you're going to do. I usually take quiet time, like on a Sunday, and as I'm looking at the client appointments and how they float through every day, I also schedule my workout because... I'm just as susceptible as my clients. I'm like, ah, I think I'll just blow it off today. But then I know <laughs> I know it's a bad idea. Like, oh, let's not do that because it'll be so easy to, you know, if you want that whipped cream on your coffee, you have to do some exercise. So get out your calendar, or your iPhone or your planner, or whatever works for you, and schedule it. And then uh, keep going, especially when you don't want to. Make it a habit, just like brushing your teeth. And, you know, just... Keep going, and eventually you will set it. So they're simple, but they're complicated at the same time.
2: So I want to just briefly go back to something you said there. Even though you're working with people on exercise every day, you still, still schedule your own workouts on top of that?
4: Well, I have to. What kind of health? I mean, you know, if you look at the fact, I know that if I had continued on the same path that I was when I was 16, and, you know, from 16 to 32 I would be between 20 and 30 pounds overweight and likely diabetic. I had a terrible sweet tooth. I mean, really. I really yeah. loved sugar. <laughs> it was so hard to get off. But um shoot, I think I got sidetracked. Oh yes, I have so I schedule my workouts uh, usually three resistance training workouts and some type of cardio at least 4 days a week. I like to climb stairs and ride my bike and hike and go for walks and then I do at least one yoga class a week for serenity purposes and you know to get more flexible but I have to fit it in there somewhere and if I don't uh, you know if I don't make time for it other things come along and it's really easy for other things to come along
3: and I think that's also possible, where uh, for other industries too, where someone's a service provider, if they aren't caring for themselves, you know, they're caring for others and all their clients, then that gets to be quite a challenge. Now, do you recommend things like a detox treatment?
4: Well, I personally don't recommend them to clients because I don't feel I have the expertise. I usually would say, well, why don't you contact a naturopath, or if you don't have one, I can recommend one to you. Uh, Because, you know, frankly, there's a lot out there on the web. You can spend a lot of money and get no results, or if you have uh, health and fitness issues, you could potentially, you know, do yourself some harm. So, uh, you know, but if somebody really feels like they're low energy and just, you know, kind of sluggish, not doing so well... This is what I've come up with. It's non-invasive, doesn't cost a penny, and involves water and our livers. Now, let's look at the liver first because that, it, one of its main jobs is to detox all the stuff that, you know, that we process every day from environmental toxins to uh, what we put in our mouth. <clears throat> so this is kind of a two-stage plan. So for a week, eliminate all the things that will stress your liver, and that would be High fructose corn syrup, which is a really bad thing to have. Uh, caffeine, alcohol, sugar, uh, over the counter meds. I would not recommend anybody eliminate any pharmaceuticals that their doctor has them on, you know, without clearing that. And then, so eliminate those things. So then we look at water. How much water are you drinking every day? The recipe is take your body weight, divide it in half, and then add 8 to 16 ounces. Okay, so if you're gonna if you up your water intake and eliminate all the things that put pressure on your liver, and you do that for four or five days, you call me and or email me and let me know if you don't feel a hundred percent better because you will. And I I've, I've tried this myself; it works quite well because I'm you know I'm susceptible to having treats now and then. <laughs> <laughs> treats are fun. <laughs> you know, in the ho- holiday season, it's always a good thing to consider. Eliminating things in January, because you might have had one too many glasses of wine or maybe a little extra pie or cake or whatever. So, So, kind of as a
2: continuation on this question, if somebody goes through a detox treatment, whether it's eliminating these things and just doing extra water or going through something with a naturopath or a doctor, Mm -hmm. do you see a difference in how they're doing with
4: the the exercise afterwards? Oh yes, yes, hundred percent. More energy, more clarity of thought, happier, sleeping better, less stress.
3: Hmm. Yeah, okay. I <laughs> So.
2: Okay, um, you've already started talking about some nutrition about um, either easing up or lim- eliminating completely things that have a bad effect or that just make our liver work harder. Um, what other nutrition guidelines? So there is so much out there. I mean, it seems like every time you turn around, there's another diet book out there. And I know. I don't I th- like I th- the word diet. I think with, with, you know, with the different, to me, a diet is just a way of eating, but to me, they're all out there because it worked for at least
4: one person. So, <laughs> yes. so how do you sort through all that? Well, I have some basic guidelines. Well, I do have computer profiles, and I start with a comprehensive body composition so I can determine a person's lean-to-fat uh, ratio. But I have some balanced plans for lifestyle eating changes. I don't ever like to think about it being a diet, but this is a permanent way of changing your eating that works for people. But, you know, in a nutshell, you know, aside from that, I would recommend to people to always eat breakfast in some form and stay away from that horrible high-fructose corn syrup and everything. Really, really bad for your liver. And then eat organic whenever possible. And then eat 5 small to medium meals a day. Now this is a combination really of three meals and two snacks that keeps your blood sugar balanced. So each time you eat, you want to consider, do I have enough protein? Do I have some carbohydrates? Do I have good quality fat? Drink lots of water. And then here's the thing about carbohydrates. People are so misinformed and don't understand uh, about carbohydrates and I use something with my clients called the glycemic index, and you can Google fat and come up with a list of carbohydrates that are low to medium, and that's where I recommend people stay so they can keep their body fat, you know, stable or lose body fat. Because what you want to do is you want to eliminate the junk, you want to eliminate the high glycemic carbs, which would be things like bread, rice, pasta, potatoes, treats all the junk food, and eat them very sparingly. You know, consider eating that you know, once a week. And then finally, what I would say is spend it at the grocery store or spend it in your doctor's office. That's what it comes down to. You know, and your fork is one of your most powerful tools. Look at what it puts in your mouth every day. <laughs> look at so, the disease rate in this country. We have the highest rate of obesity and
3: diabetes
4: of any country in the world. And then look at what people buy.
3: Watch everybody. That's going to make me, when I go to the grocery stores, start hanging over
4: the. Yeah, start looking. Yeah, really. But (laughs) don't advise people because they don't really want to hear it. Just bite your tongue. (laughs) So
2: I want to go back to the glycemic index for a minute. Um, You'd mentioned things that are high on the glycemic index, like Mm -hmm. bread and pasta. Does it make any difference if it's whole grains as opposed to refined?
4: Well, the whole, it has to be really coarse, whole grain, really, really, uh, yeah, that, it does. It drops it to about 50. But still, a lot of people don't do well when they have bread. So you could try, uh, getting a very coarse grain bread. You might find that at uh, a place like PCC or Whole Foods and see how it goes. But I know for myself and a lot of other people, uh, that they do best when they drop the bread. And then here's the thing, too, is a lot of people don't realize that they're gluten intolerant. I didn't for a long time until I had a test. And, uh, you know, you go from gluten intolerant to celiac to Crohn's, and you have to just be very, very careful. So, so
2: you, um, hang on a minute, Dee. I, I want to follow this up. You gave us some examples of things that are high on the glycemic mm-hmm. index. What are things uh. that are low on it?
4: Oh, low to moderate would be your your whole broccoli family, negligible um, uh, salads, uh, all the fruit that's in season now, you know, the blueberries, strawberries, nectarines, peaches, uh, plums, pears, tropical fruits are high, um, And then of course, meat, anything that's a protein source or fat, uh, there's no glycemic worries there at all. so like almonds, perfect snack. You know, but you can eat really well legumes. Uh, okay. a bowl of chili, for example. There's a nicely balanced meal right there, or some lentil soup with uh, a piece of chicken. Beautiful.
3: Okay, it's all That's in the good. combination.
4: The combination, right there, you have protein, carbs, and fat. And it's just nicely balanced out. But uh, who doesn't like a bowl of chili? you just got to stay away from the chips and the cornbread and (laughs) extra cheese on the chili. (laughs) The honey butter on the cornbread.
3: So choices. So um, could you offer our audience some simple tools that could be used um, for anything that that we're presenting here if they have a budget uh, in mind or if a budget is an issue?
4: Sure. Uh, then again, we want to think about having a comprehensive approach. So there's all kinds of cardio you can do that doesn't cost a thing. Uh, walking, climbing, jogging, hiking, riding, swimming. Uh, for flexibility, simple stretching, you can probably Google stretching tools. Uh, yoga classes, group yoga classes are inexpensive. Resistance training, you can find at places like Fred Meyer and Target. There's often a little booklet inside that shows you different exercises Or if push comes to shove and you're not able to do that, there are basic exercises you can do in your home or your office, like push-ups against a wall. If that's too easy, go down on your knees. Try a knee push-up too easy still. Try a military push-up, or you can do one against a, a table or a bench. And then there's squats. And for any listener that might not be familiar with a squatting movement, if you were to put a chair behind you and then sit down in that chair and stand up, that's a squat. In fact, I just had a client come into the gym here right before we went uh, live, and her knees and legs were bothering her so much. We eliminated anything that was going to put pressure on it, and we did uh, sit down stand ups. Sit down, stand up, push to the heels. And hmm. that worked for her, took all the pressure off the knees. And you can do basic lunging, which I wouldn't advise if someone has a knee issue, but you can stand there in that lunge position, holding onto a chair or a table or ledge, and do an in-place lunge or walking lunge. And so between squats, lunges, and push-ups, you covered a lot of muscles there. Hmm.
2: Well, it's time for another commercial break. Um, don't go away. We're going to talk with Lynn about her suggestions for working through some of the challenges and she just mentioned knees um, but some of the challenges that can come up when we are trying to stay in balance physically
1: follow us on twitter for more great ideas at voice america empowerment
0: are you looking for life's answers how about the meaning of true self can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Absurd Psychology Straight Answers Without All the Bold, hosted by Dr. Gary Bell. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment.
1: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's one 1-888- 888 Three four six nine one four one. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte Now back to this week's show.
2: Welcome back to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Lynn, many of us have challenges in staying healthy. Whether it's a matter of feeling like I just don't have enough time to do this, I've got so much on my plate already. How can I add one more thing or in illnesses or injuries? I mean, you talked about people with knee challenges, not doing certain things. Um, so I guess the, the question I would have here is if somebody has some kind of physical challenge, let's, let's go with eliminate the time issue right now and just mm-hmm. jump into the physical issues and is unable for them to do certain kinds of exercise. Um, Do you have any suggestions for people
4: like that that could help them stay in balance? I do. Well, the first thing I would suggest or ask them is, have they worked with a physical therapist? If they have not, I would suggest they go that way first. If they have, they usually have a list of, well, here's what I've tried, and here's what works, and here's what doesn't work. And then I would suggest they work with someone such as as myself who can assess their movement patterns and their gait, and find out about what is going on because, frankly, everybody I work with has issues. Some people have multiple issues. And you just design a program that works with the situation with the disability. And, uh, you know, at some point in their life, everybody has something going on. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And
2: work what, with
4: it. what about the time issue? Uh, time? Uh, what are you addressing with the time issue?
2: If somebody says something like, I have so much to do to take care of already, my family, my job, whatever, I don't have time to exercise. How okay, do you I would ask
4: that? them, I would say, let's look at 24 hours a day. Can you fit in 30 minutes or 45 minutes three times a week? Well, I don't know. Well, how much TV do you watch? How much time do you spend gaming? What is your real priority? Do you want to live a good, healthy life, you want to have, you know, want to be around to play with your grandchildren, what's more important? And then when you look at, you help them look at the fact that everybody has 24 hours, that's all we each have, you know, can you yes, do this, choice. can you work with me twice a week, you know? Uh-huh. So it comes down to those priorities and what they really want, and then some people go away and they think, I'm not really ready because I don't, I don't want to make that choice. I don't want to
3: trade, you know, so... So it's really a a personal choice. It is. And and it's really something that's difficult for others that are in there not knowing why someone would choose not to feel good. But, you know, that again has a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of weight there.
4: Well, so I what, had a guy you... that came to assess my uh, fence situation the other day. Nice fellow. And uh, somehow we got to talking about uh, my business. He noticed I looked a little on the healthy side. And so he says, yeah, I never exercise. I'm like, why not? And He goes, yeah, and I just I eat fast food every day. I'm like, you're kidding. Why? I said, it's so icky and so bad for you. He goes, well, <laughs> I, I said, "Why can't you just pack a little cooler of stuff in the morning? I'm so used to packing a cooler of good things, it, whether it's something simple like yogurt and, or a bar and some almonds or this or that. It's, it's so easy, and I just know what the benefits are. And he's like, no, nah, I don't think I have time. I'm like, really? Can you put in a walk after work? No, no time. I said, what do you do when you go home? <laughs> <laughs> How much TV do you watch? <laughs> yeah. It's choices to be mighty, yeah, isn't it?
3: <laughs> and so if someone does come like that and says, I'm overweight, diabetic in my 40s and fearful about starting exercise, mm. what would they be fearful about? And plus, they might um, be on a strict diet. Um, or a strict budget.
4: Oh, you want to know what they'd be fearful about? Yeah. Uh, They're fearful of other people looking at them and in judgment, you know, especially there's a lot of that because they're they're hyper conscious that they're overweight. Overweight and diabetes almost always go together. But I would recommend to somebody that's on a budget, get a checkup with your doctor first and find out if you're ready. You know, maybe there's some things that are holding you back. And if readiness isn't an issue, start walking. You know, seriously, mm-hmm. doesn't cost anything but a good pair of shoes and start with 20 minutes a day and increase. And so I have this lovely thing I call the campfire analogy and basically, you know, it's like when you go camping, you have to start the fire with like some newspaper and some kindling and you maybe you light a match and it goes out and you got or you start again and you got to blow on it and it takes a while to get that kindling on and Then after a little while, maybe 20 minutes, you put a log on it and it will burn. That's the way the human body works. Nothing much, you know, you're starting things in 20 minutes. And then after that 20-minute period, you put that log on, you put more minutes on, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. And then eliminate the processed foods, the junk food and the treats and focus on good, clean food and the combination The exercise and the food will often help people eliminate their diabetic medication. In fact, I have a great story, short story, about a client, uh, 300 pounds when he came to me, 44-inch waist, diabetic. In a year, he had lost 10 inches on his waist, 100 pounds, and no longer diabetic. Fabulous so, And I, yeah. I do
3: something like that too, because walking is so I mean it's there, we have dogs, and so we go walking. and it's um, yeah. I, I, start, I started um, wearing a pedi- pedometer about a year ago, and just mm-hmm. like my watch now, I put it in my pocket every day. And kind of uh, about, about, about six weeks ago, um, I pulled it out and I went, "Oh my word, it was turning over to a million steps. And I was so empowered with having a tracking, something that I just sort of put in my pocket and it does the tracking for me. Mm -hmm. But how that was so exciting to me and, and, you know, it didn't turn to a million. It went 999999 and it got stuck. And I thought, wow, that would be so cool if, if someone could watch their step turn their pedometer into a billion steps.
4: Oh, yeah, that's that's a fabulous tool, and you just feel this kind of glow that comes over you. I did that. And, you know, some people like that tool, and other people are more empowered by the fact that they have made, you know, done all their walking or whatever it is in one week, and then they notice that their pants are looser. And then they look (laughs) at themselves in the mirror, and they go, oh, my gosh, something's happening. You know, or they get on the scale. So everybody is a bit different in what they respond to. But I, I agree, those pedometers are great tools.
3: Well, it's very interesting talking. Um, I was talking to a, a male client, and he goes, ooh, my wife needs one of those. but not <laughs> him, thought, his wife, know, not him. Yeah, I, I better not get in the middle of that one. Yeah, <laughs> so many of those things.
2: So, so, Lynn, if somebody came in to you and said, I'm in my early fifties. I've never exercised. I'm healthy. My weight's normal. Everyone says I should exercise. Why?
4: What would you tell? I I think when I think about this question, I think of a female client who is, or a person who is. They're less likely to be carrying the body fat that a man would carry, and so you know that's great that you're healthy now, but you're going to get older. Okay, And things are going to change. And if you don't start then, if you start, you're setting the stage for keeping disease at bay because things are going to change rapidly in the 50s and 60s and 70s. You're going to avoid sarcopenia. You're going to keep your body fat stable. And exercise, if you're a woman, will make the transition through menopause much easier and help you prevent that 5 to 15-pound gain. You're going to ward off osteoporosis, diabetes, because you can have diabetes uh, even if you appear to be low body fat. And if you have a good flexibility program, you're going to keep your joints, tendons, and ligaments supple rather than have be brittle as they get older because, you know, everything changes. So you want to prevent injury. And what I, I always think about myself, I'm so glad that I started 32 years ago
3: because if I hadn't, like, holy mackerel, Andy, <laughs> it would not be good. <laughs> so if someone has a limited time, say on a certain day, um, and only has time for one fitness activity, what um, would be the choice, and would they want to actually change uh, each week to focus on something a little different, like the stretching yeah. versus, you know, the flexibility, a cardio versus strength and weight, and how would... How would you recommend somebody schedule that?
4: Well, I, I have one first, my gut instinct, but I would say if you're really in tune with your body, you can tell what it needs. I can always tell when I need more stretching, for example. But if you only have 20 or 30 minutes on a given day, I would almost always recommend some type of strength or resistance training program because you are going to get more bang for your buck in that short amount of time. Okay, unless stress is, you know, unless you're like extremely stressed, and then I would say go for a 20- or 30-minute walk. But uh, as far as calories and building muscle, if you do a resistance training workout and you just really hit it hard, 20- or 30 minutes, you are going to have much higher metabolic gains. It's going to keep your motor revved up all day.
3: Now, if somebody's walking their dog, you know, that's... You know, some people say, well, I go for a walk, and so the pace is is at the pace of the dog, because you're actually, they're taking mm. you for a walk.
4: That's true. Maybe is the there, dog likes to do hills, and we call that interval training. Maybe the dog yeah. likes to go up and down hills. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: true. I so.
4: used
2: to call it, instead of taking the dog for a walk, we took the dog for a sniff, because... <laughs> It was like every 12 inches, the dog would stop and sniff something. And I'm going,
4: oh, boy. okay, how, how am I getting anything
2: cardio out of this? I don't think you're getting
4: much cardio. There's too much not stopping with the sniffing. You have to get a dog that's really active that wants to take you for
3: that walk. Well, know? and it's very, very interesting, too, watching people out walking. They're really not walking. They're focused on their mobile device in their hand. They're not oh, really yeah. watching where they're going, and they're kind of shuffling along. I have you uh, any comments in my car if I'm,
4: unless I'm... I'm expecting an important call because it's too stressful to hear those little pings come in. I'm not really, you know, then I stop. I'm guilty like everyone else. So I just leave the doggone thing in the car. So I'm just focused on, ah, this air smells good, and look at that. Look at the beautiful lake and the green grass and the flowers. What
2: happens if somebody only, if they really can't get out into a place with a lot of green, like their only option is a city sidewalk?
4: Ooh, so, gosh, hmm, that's when it might be fun to have your iPod, have your music going, whatever puts you in that place, that, that zone, that flow, and uh, focus on doing some things there on that sidewalk with the music to kind of distract you from the fact that you don't have the very best environment. Okay,
2: that that makes sense then. Um. So how do you work with someone who has chronic pain? Does it depend on where the pain is, or is there just kind of one general, okay, this person has chronic pain, so I need to do X?
4: Well, I would say very carefully to begin with. This is where comprehensive assessments are very powerful and very necessary. I've had fibromyalgia clients in the past where they needed to exercise, but too much of anything just sent them into the pain cycle and... uh, Currently, I have two clients with back pain and three have pain in multiple areas, one from many injuries, others from lack of use. And let's take someone that comes to me with chronic low back pain. It's not as simple as giving someone an exercise to strengthen their back and something to stretch it out. You have to look at all the causes, and often it's caused by too much sitting, whether it's you know, at work on your computer and or driving and or gaming when you come home. So they have a weak core, you know, transverse abdominus, which is the deep core, you know, deep abdominal muscles, tight hamstrings, tight hip flexors, tight IT band. So, you know, too much sitting, not enough strength, no flexibility. So I address all those areas. And uh, we have a comprehensive strength and stretching program, sometimes yoga postures for, you know, flexibility.
3: So what is one thing, as far as taking one concept, what is one thing people can do each day to feel better?
4: One thing they can do each day to feel better. Well, can I give you three? <laughs> <laughs> I would say choose an exercise and stick with it. Look, at, Focus on things in your life to be grateful for and have some type of... Uh, Simple breath work or meditation or something that kind of you know puts you in that zone to help you relax and de-stress. I think it's hard to find just one thing. So,
2: Lynn, I want to thank you very much for joining us and, and sharing your tips. Um, today's show, if you remember last week when we did the um, hand and the the five. F-words, the foundation. So today is part of the foundation. And if any of our listeners do have specific questions about staying healthy and balanced in your body, you can reach Lynn directly. I would recommend that you do that. You can find her online at bbodyworks.com and on Facebook, Bodyworks PT. And we will also have information about Lynn and how to reach her on our website.
3: So, we look forward to joining you next Friday, Um, again, 11 Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Empowerment Channel. We will have a a special guest, Dr. Rick Wyckoff, about, uh, we'll be talking about secret keys to mental focus for balancing the foundation of your mind. Dr. Wyckoff is a licensed clinical psychologist who has been in practice for 45 years and has a wealth of knowledge and practical wisdom to share with us. We look forward to talking with you next week.
1: Thank you for joining KMar and D Lee for Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week.